Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from the Greater Hartford Church of Christ and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. We're going to jump back in. We're going to continue our series here uh, on 1 John. We've been studying out 1 John for the last maybe three weeks now. Uh, so you can turn, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to jump there. We've uh, entitled this sermon, Rumor Has It. Rumor Has It. Uh, and, and Ode, I think my wife came up with that. Not I think, I know she did. Um, but mainly because me, I've been listening to a lot of Adele recently, uh, her new, new album. I don't know why. I'm just like, hey, Adele, let's go. Um, but anyway, so Rumor Has It. And of course, our theme for the year has been Love Your Neighbor As Yourself, um, which, like I said last week, it's easy under perfect conditions if only this world would give us perfect conditions to love one another, that'd be great. But unfortunately, it does not. So God, seeing this, knowing this ahead of time, has given us First John to help us, to help teach us how to take our love for one another uh, much deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, so let's jump into our text. First John chapter 2. Let's read verses uh, 3 through 11 here. So the Bible says... We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And actually the the Greek there, it's whoever claims, whoever says, whoever claims. It says is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in that person. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims, same Greek word, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and, and in you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother, but hates a brother or sister, is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light. And there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is still is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Rumor has it. You know, there's a lot of different claims uh, that that go on out there, you know, and um, we can't just believe everything. Right. (laughs) We can't just believe everything. You know, for instance, um, that that Nigerian prince that emails you and says, I need your help to send these money overseas. Don't worry, you're going to get a cut of it. All I need is your your bank account information and your birthday and maybe some of your passwords. Okay, that's a wild claim. Do not believe that. That is not true. And and maybe this is a good time just to like echo that. Like don't click on any email <laughs> link from people that you don't know or is texted to you. If if Netflix or Apple or YouTube email you asking for information, don't trust it. Just go to the website if you think it may be real. Don't, don't go through the link. But anyway, so there's lots of different claims that are made out there, right? On the other side of things, imagine being the guy 
who uh, was the first to claim that the, the whole solar system doesn't revolve around the earth. Imagine being that guy, you know, and luckily for uh, Copernicus, uh, he died the same year this research came out. So it actually saved him from the persecution that he was going to get from the religious leaders at the time. Wild claim, but just so happened to be true. So there's a lot of different claims that are out there. You know, Jesus made some bold claims as well. He made the claim of knowing the father, that, that, that he was a son of. The son of God. But then he backed it up, didn't he? Backed it up by by being raised from the dead. (laughs) That's one statement right there. And then John here, you know how this all ties in. John here is also addressing a few claims that people were making. People were saying things like, I know God. I live in God and I am in the light. And we know this because of these phrases that were used here. Whoever says, whoever claims these different things. But how do we know if those claims are true or not? How do we know that we are living in God? How do we know that we are living in him? How do we know if we, we are living in the light? Well, John gives us two ways to, to know as we make these claims for ourselves And these would be our two points. John is telling us to live as Jesus lived. And he's in the second way, he's telling us to love as Jesus loved. So let's start off here. Let's talk about live as Jesus lived. Let me read verses five and six again. Uh, The Bible says, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Some translations say must walk as Jesus walked. All it has to do with is lifestyle. Where does the the rubber meet the road? Where does it go from? We're, We're talking about stuff, but we're about the action. We're actually living it out. The lives we we live should look like Jesus. In Matthew 4, verse 23, uh, it says that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. Ironic. I made sure I used this passage since we're in a synagogue, actually. I was like, yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Anyway, uh, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is what Jesus's life looked like. Teaching, proclaiming, healing. Later on in Matthew 10, verses 7 and 8, Jesus He sends out the 12 and instructs them to proclaim the good news, the kingdom, and to heal. So he's even passing this lifestyle down to his his disciples. And then Matthew 28, uh, we know well, 19 through 20, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything he commanded. This is the lifestyle to to, to live like Jesus, to live as Jesus lives, means that we are teaching and preaching the gospel which is the good news about the kingdom of God. That's good news. I think we can forget that it's good news, but also helping people's lives to be healed. So um, I'd like to personally address those of us like me out there who may be slightly perfectionist or maybe guilt-driven or guilt-oriented, and we hear, live as Jesus lived, and we're like, "Uh," you know, maybe a a little like, okay, how do I do that? So I think in this, in this point, and even when we hear any command and we hear a command like this, 
it's important to know the context, right? And so if you go back, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. So Jesus is the only righteous one. Amen. We know that, but sometimes we need to hear it. John writes us these things so that we do not sin, but there is hope. There's hope in Jesus even when we sin. Jesus is our advocate and not our accuser. So when we have those like accusatory thoughts in our minds, remember that we are covered by the blood of Christ. We have hope to change. We can stand confident in him as we obey his commands. She had to add that perfectionist view because that ain't me. So I'm like, amen, you add that, girl. Uh, so just circling back here, we must live as Jesus lived. I, I would sum up how Jesus lived by saying that he was a living blessing to those around him. That's how, at the end of the day, that's how I would sum up everything. Even some of the, the harder teachings, even some of the harder conversations, it, it, was, it, it, it was meant to kind of break down that barrier so that people could open up and embrace God. But he fulfilled, Jesus fulfilled God's promise to Aram in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, which I got to say, buckle up east, because you're going to be hearing this a lot from me, (laughs) this particular scripture. Um, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, it says, The Lord had said to Aram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. Sounds familiar. Matthew 28, huh? Go. Interesting. Um, I'll do a whole lesson on that later at some point. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Which is kind of cool to know that God actually lifts us up in the eyes of people around us. Not for our sake. But, but for their sake, so that they can see God. It's fantastic. And then it goes on and says, and you will be a blessing. The Hebrew here, it says, it's a command, actually. It says, and you, it's been translated as you will be a blessing, but it's actually a command. The command is be a blessing. Or I'm, I'm sorry, be the blessing. You are the gift to your neighborhood. You are the gift to your coworkers. You are the gift in your schools. You are the gift. And that's actually the command. The two commands in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. This parallels with that. Go be a blessing. How do we make disciples of all nations? By being a blessing. That's how we do that. Amen. And then God goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And of course, that promise was to Abraham. So Abraham was supposed to be the blessing. But then Israel was supposed to be the blessing. And then Jesus became the blessing. And now the church is the blessing. You know, this has changed the way I, I live uh, over the last 10 years in particular, I just celebrated 20 years as a disciple 
um, which is crazy to start talking in decades. It's like, oh, snap. Yo, I've been a disciple for two decades. That's just nuts. Um, but this changed the way I, I live and it changed the way how I, how I reach out, how I think about the whole thing. You know, instead of thinking, how can I invite this person to a service? How can I invite this person to church? I started thinking, how can I be a blessing to this person? How can I, how can I be a blessing to this person? You know, this is one of the reasons why I love living in South Windsor, um, especially with the Star Barrows, you know. Uh, I, ever since we've gotten here, like the number of people that I've talked to or come across or interacted with, um, that, that I'm like, okay, how can I be blessed? And, and like, somehow they already know the Star of Eros. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, I know them, you know? Or their kids know each other, or they were on the same soccer team, or they were in the same neighborhood, or whatever. And, and I love that, I love that. And it's part of us as a church together, how we get to really work together to be a blessing. Yeah. So that when your name gets mentioned, people are like, oh man, great memories of that person, of that couple, of that yeah. family. You know them? Yes. And then they see you be a blessing to them as well. And like, wow, you know, there's something different about you guys. What is it about you? Yeah. Now, there's two of y'all <laughs> that are living like this. You know, Jeremiah, um, we often refer to Jeremiah 29, 11 as this great passage, 10, 11. And it is. It is. It's a great promise, you know, that God's going to be with you. But I want to rewind us a little bit to uh, actually Jeremiah 29, verse 7, which is pretty interesting because the whole context is, God's expelling them. <laughs> He's like, you're going to be in exile for 70 years, uh, but, but don't worry, I'm going to take care of you and all this stuff. But then God says this in verse 7, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carry you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So God wanted his people in exile to pray for the cities that they landed in, for, for the advancement, for, for their growth, for their progress, because as the city progressed, that they would progress as well. Let me ask you a few questions here. Does your neighborhood thrive as you thrive? Does your neighborhood thrive as you thrive? Can other people describe you as a blessing to them? And I'm talking about inside the church and outside the church. Because we're called to be a blessing wherever we went, wherever we go. Are we a blessing to one another? But we don't try to bless those outside, the, outside these walls? Or are we so focused on outside the walls, but we neglect each other here? We're called to be a blessing everywhere we go. If not, then we need to consider how closely we're walking to Jesus. Amen? Amen. If we claim to know God, if we claim to live in him, as rumor has it, we must live as Jesus lived and be a blessing to those around us. Amen? Amen. Point number two, we also have to love as Jesus loved. And in verses nine and 10, just by way of reminder, scripture says, anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. You know, it says whoever, whoever says they live in the light, but hates another believer is still in the darkness. Now this word here for 
hate, it's the same we use in discipleship study when Jesus said, you must hate your father and mother. Does it really mean hate? No, it means love less. That's interesting. This can be tough. Because you put a bunch of sinners together, and what are we going to do eventually? Sin against each other. (laughs) It's going to happen. But there are things that go on that can make us love each other less. Jesse alluded to a lot of those things in in the welcome, which was not coordinated. It was the spirit. A lot of these things are, are, whether it's on the news or whatever, or personal opinions, but there are a lot of things out there that can make us stumble in our love for one another and make us love each other less. Number one, we can't be surprised when these things happen. (laughs) Like I said, we're a bunch of sinners. It's going to happen. If I haven't sinned against you yet, it's coming. <laughs> I will. Don't be surprised. Please come talk to me. We'll, you know, we'll work it out. But guess what? You're still going to have to love me <laughs> at the end of the day. And guess what? If you haven't sinned against me, you will. At some point, you will. But guess what? I still got to love you as well. <laughs> I, we still have to love one another. Now, Getting hurt, it doesn't make it easier. It doesn't make it any easier um, when to navigate the, the emotions and the feelings when, when these wounds happen. But, but knowing that it's going to happen, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this stuff, that can, these things can help us to be able to navigate these feelings. Aisha's going to share. Amen. Relationships are hard. Loving one another is hard. And uh, so I do appreciate the words that John gives us here, especially in uh, the second part of verse 10, where it talks about when we love one another, then there isn't something inside of us that makes us stumble. And that tells me that the source of the stumbling in our love for one another is in us. It's inside of us. And our tendency is to kind of blame shift and put the responsibility on the other person when we are having a hard time loving. And I am definitely very guilty of this, and so I feel like it would be great for me to kind of share my process and just kind of how I work through that. So, but before that, John mentions that he is, uh, he's not writing us a new command. This is an old command, and the old command is love your neighbor as yourself, which is the theme uh, for our church this year. Uh, while this is a great command, it needed to be renewed because of our shortcomings and how we love ourselves. We tend to love others the way we love ourselves, and that is imperfectly. So I recently had to face the darkness in me and uh, how it affects my love for others. I left the conversation feeling unappreciated, misunderstood, and alienated. And during the course of the conversation, I started to shut down. And this hasn't happened in a really long time, actually, but I started shutting down, and I just completely stopped listening. You ever been in those conversations where you're like, you're there physically, but your heart, your mind, like everything just left and you just kind of like, it's like, wah, wah, wah. so that's what happened. I totally shut down, left the conversation. It wasn't with me. It wasn't with my husband. Okay. <laughs> that really hasn't happened though. Uh, so I totally shut down in the conversation, like emotionally left the conversation and had, by the Holy Spirit, had the wherewithal to verbalize that I'm done. This conversation is over because I've left and I've shut down. That took years to master, by the way, and I think that was good and healthy. So I needed to, we need to stop the conversation and step away. And during this time, I was like, wow, I had to really like think about, man, that was so weird. Like, such a strong reaction, what was going on there? So I have to work out my stuff through writing. It's difficult for me to process things without writing. 
So as I was journaling about how I was feeling and kind of the experience, something uh, unexpected happened. And I think God really needed and wanted this to happen. And what he revealed to me is some core beliefs that I have. These are thoughts that already exist inside of me that were revealed through the situation. So I'm just going to tell you guys what I discovered about myself. So one thing I realized is that I expect something negative to come as a result of my openness and honesty. So whenever I take the risk to say how I feel, my expectation is there's going to be a negative reaction. So I'm looking for that. And then when that happens, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We're like, I knew it. I'm looking for it. I found it. And there it is. Another thought or another core belief that came up is I expect to have to fight for my voice to be heard and respected. And goodness, that's a long, long way back childhood type of situation there. And I'm still in this survival mode where I feel like I have to fight for my voice. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it does help. It causes me to be hypervigilant, right? Uh, and then uh, also with that, I said, uh, I expect that building relationships will be hard. And so, yes, we have to, you know, struggle a little bit and we have to persevere, but where's the truth in that? Where's the scripture in that? Where's the spirit in that? Because ultimately, I'm working with uh, disciples. I'm working with people who love God and who love Jesus. Am I giving that benefit of the doubt? Am I willing to trust wounds from a friend? Uh, so I'm sure that, you know, you can imagine with these core beliefs, how they interacted in the conversation and why the conversation went a little bit sideways. Uh, and why I kind of had to step back and say, okay, you know, what am I reacting to? What am I hearing? Who's in the room? Who am I responding to? And oftentimes it's more than just who's in the conversation. And so I think that's why Jesus made this command a new one by instructing us to love others as he has loved us. When my standard of love is myself, then I love him perfectly. But when I'm forced to face myself, then face Jesus, I'm able to honor myself while, while pursuing the truth. Now I know and I have seen what unconditional love looks like and what it feels like because of the cross. Now I have the right motivation to love myself and to love others. And Christ calls us to love others as he has loved us. Great stuff. When loving others like Jesus, when loving others like Jesus is the goal, there is nothing that makes you stumble. There's nothing that makes you stumble. You know, when you keep in mind the, the realities of your own personal sinful nature, um, when we keep in mind how much we have been forgiven of, all that we've been forgiven of in Christ, then we can be grounded at the fact that the footing is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We have no right to get mad at other people, at anyone else, and be unforgiving. Any reason or justification that we had went away when Jesus was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When you're in traffic, which is funny, I'm reading this book that was talking about this. And I got cut off in traffic as I was listening to this book. And I was, it, the book was called Unoffendable. And I was offended. <laughs> I was offended in that moment. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Literally listen to this. Like, I have no right. I have no right. Um, I need to forgive 
as I have been forgiven. But what are some of the things that are currently affecting our love for one another? And I don't have an all exhaustive list. We all have to kind of check ourselves and think about what is that for me? What are the things that, that, I, that are causing me to stumble in my love? But one of the things uh, that, that I've noticed is not speaking the truth in love. That's a stumbling block. Anytime I have some truth that needs to be shared with someone else, but, but I don't, or I have a truth and I share it, but it's not in love, that, that's a stumbling block. Stumbling block from my own heart, if I keep it in, because then I start thinking differently about that person and I start getting annoyed in their presence, you know? Um, it, it's a stumbling block in, in my love and it's a stumbling block in our love. We have to remember the in love part and we have to remember the in truth part. <laughs> but anytime we don't um, uh, speak the truth in love, it, it's a stumbling block. You know, another stumbling block is, is making judgments um, about someone else based on half the story. When I see someone, I only see a part of the story. I don't see the whole thing. So that person that cut me off, in my mind, I want to make the judgment, they're a jerk. But I only know part of the story. I only have seen that they've cut me off. That's all I've seen. So I can't make that definitive judgment. But when we hear one side of a story, when we see one thing, we can, we, can, we can draw conclusions and we can hold in toxic feelings. At worst, we can start talking to other people about what happened in our perspective. And the Bible talks about that as well. And it's called gossip. It's called gossip. These are stumbling blocks in our love for one another that we have to remove. Another stumbling block is hope deferred. Hope deferred is a stumbling block. Scriptures say that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. You know, we all have things that we hope for from our, from our spouses. There are things that our kids hope that we'll understand and hope that we'll get. There's hope there. We have promotion hopes to get delayed. We have like, like Rick talked about, <laughs> We have things that we hope for but are delayed because of the pandemic. All of these hopes getting delayed, it, it breeds disappointment. It, it breeds uh, resentment, anger, even aggression, apathy, grief of loss. And all of these things can affect our love for one another. They can be stumbling blocks. But if we are to be able to love as Jesus loved then we need to accept those realities. We need to accept the mess, like we talked about last week. We need to get God's forgiveness and purification that comes through the cross and then extend that out to others as we forgive other people as we have been forgiven. This is how we love as Jesus loved. So wrapping it up here, rumor has it. Rumor has it that you know God. Rumor has it that you live in him. Rumor has it that you are light. And if anyone is, is uncertain about where you stand in those claims, then, then I, whether you're online or here, I implore you to study the Bible. Study the Bible with someone who's here and find out more. Ask questions. Learn what God has to say about it. But there are people in, 
in the, in the chat or all around us would love to help you out. But the short of it is, according to John, those claims are proved true if we do two things. If we live as Jesus lived and if we love as Jesus loved. Amen. That's our lesson. Join us next week where we continue uh, our sermon series through 1 John. Let's go ahead and stand up and we're going to say a closing prayer and have some great fellowship. And also be out of here in 20 minutes. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Amen. Let's close out with a prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for loving us. We're so grateful to, to be able to be in your presence this morning, to sing songs of worship, which is never enough. The, the elders are at your throne right now, bowing down, singing holy, holy, holy for, for all the time. There's no way we can give you the, the praise and glory that you deserve. So we ask you to accept our little meager sacrifices, our meager offerings. God, and help us to live lives worthy of, of the sacrifice and offering um, in response to your love for us. God, we ask you to, to help us to, to live like Jesus lived. We, we're grateful for your spirit, which uh, enables us and it reminds us of these things and, and encourages us and actually pleads on our behalf uh, to, for help and for what we need. We, we pray, we ask for your help to, to love as Jesus loved, that we can uh, forgive as we've been forgiven, that we can remove the stumbling blocks, that we can look inside ourselves and, and, and dig up the things that are causing us and other people to stumble so that we can love each other better. This is how the world will know that we are your disciples, by the way we love one another. Help us to do that more and more and more. Bless our days today as we leave here. Protect us, keep us safe. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Heart Podcast. To learn more about the Hartford Church of Christ, visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.